This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We'll get back to the football calls here in just a second. Real quick, some um, outside of football news involving one of the baseball locals. Uh, Seth Lugo, you know, he's a valuable pitcher for the Mets for the last several years. You know, Swiss Army knife, starting, relieving, primarily been a reliever the last few years. Uh, he is now effectively an ex-Met because Seth Lugo signed a contract with, according to reports, the San Diego Padres. And apparently they're going to give him an opportunity to start out there, so we wish him well. And, uh, you know, it's another bullpen arm that the Mets are going to have to replace. Kodai Senga was uh, an, uh, introduced today, press conference out at City Field. And tomorrow is going to be the, uh, the big gala introducing Justin Verlander as the newest co-ace for the New York Mets out at City Field. So interesting to see what kind of comments come out of that one. As far as the Jets are concerned, though, we'll get back to the calls in a second. Mapping out the path to the playoffs. And right now they're on the outside looking in. I'm sure that you know that. I mean, that's what happens when you lose three straight games. And he got the help on Saturday night with the Dolphins losing to the Bills. You know, the Jets would have been in a little bit better position if they took care of business yesterday, but they didn't. But you then got the miracle in the 4 o'clock window with the Raiders just abs- – uh, yeah, I can't even say the Raiders stunning the Patriots. It's more as if the Patriots gift-wrapping a win to the Vegas Raiders. But it did help the Jets – the only thing that didn't go your way yesterday was the Chargers, thanks to that drive that Justin Herbert put together. Did you see that play that Herbert made on the final drive? The bootleg where he's rolling right and throws an absolute frozen rope about 30 yards down the field, and he puts it up to where his mammoth receiver, Mike Williams, could be the only guy to go up and snare it along the sidelines, put him in field goal range. They kicked the game winner. This was after Tennessee just came right down the field and tied the game with a touchdown. But the Charger win, the only one that didn't go the Jets' way as far as the out-of-town scoreboard. I'll make it real simple for you. All right. You don't have to sit there and take out your calculator. You don't have to bust out spreadsheets. You don't have to ask your buddy at work. You don't have to, you know, call a family member or anything. This is all that has to happen for the Jets to make the playoffs. You ready for this? Jets got to win all three games. Not impossible. Start with one and you go from there. Got to win all three games. And all the Patriots have to do is lose one of them. Just one. That's all it takes. And this is a Patriot team, by the way, which is not very, very good. Not anywhere near the Patriot teams that we've seen in years past. Here's what the Patriots have the rest of the season. Home against the Bengals this week. A Bengals team, which, by the way, could go back to the Super Bowl. It's a fact. Then they're home for Miami, which obviously needs the game. And Miami has owned the Patriots of late. Beat Miami or uh, beat the Patriots earlier this year. Down in South Beach, beat the Patriots in Foxborough last year, I might add. And then they close the season at Buffalo. Buffalo may need that game. And if you're a Jet fan, you want Buffalo to need that game. You want them to still be in a battle with Kansas City for that number one overall seed. So I would say the probability of the Patriots winning all three of those games as slim to none. I would say the chances of them winning out is probably lesser than what the chances were of the Raiders-Patriots game ending the way that it did yesterday. Now, that's just one option. Option number two, if the Jets win out, Chargers have to lose one game to an AFC team. They have two AFC games remaining. At the Colts next Monday night, which I actually think is possible. All kidding aside, I, I seriously think that the Colts could win that game. And then they close at Denver. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that happening. 
So those are the paths to the playoffs for the Jets. I think that it's still very realistic. And right now, believe it or not, the most unlikely scenario or the most difficult scenario that you see happening, given the way things have transpired the last few weeks, is probably the Jets winning out. So they got to find a way to win one game before you can talk about winning three in a row. Let's go back to the phones. Buddha, Bronx, next. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Buddha, good evening, my friend. How are you? Hey, Dano. What's going on, baby, bro? Everything's good, babe. How about it? Hey, listen, um, I don't mean to be the Debbie Downer, yeah. but, you know, I've listened to you guys talking, and we keep hearing about the Patriots. The Patriots are not our problem. The problem that the Jets have, are, like you just spoke about the Chargers, who have a strong possibility of winning all three games the way that they're playing because they're going to have the best player on the field doesn't in all matter. three of those games. But you know? it doesn't matter. If the Jets win out, it does not matter as long as the Patriots lose one. Chargers could win out. If the Chargers win out, the Jets win out, and the Patriots lose at least one game, Jets go to the playoffs because then you leapfrog Miami. Remember, because remember, that last win that we have is against Miami. You beat them in a tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, let me channel my Jim Moore playoffs. We're just trying to win a game here. That's you know it. What I'm saying? You That's just it. said it. We're just trying to win one game before we start thinking about winning all three. But listen, you know, Zach Wilson is low-hanging fruit. You know, you know how I feel about him. I know how you feel about him. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, when he stepped off the field, he gave the team a four-point lead. No matter how many receivers mm-hmm. he missed and whatever took place and all that other stuff with the gyrations with Garrett Wilson, all of these different things, when he left the field – the Jets had a four-point lead. And this, I'm sorry, even with the, even the coach's gaffe at the end, that is not the reason why the Jets lost the game. The Jets lost this game because of their defense, and it's not based on that fourth-and-one play. In the beginning of the game, you let them march right down the field. It's nice that you got a goal line stop, but that attributed to that punt return for a touchdown from where the guy was punted from. And how many times in these last weeks, Dan, let's be honest, how many times have teams needed to get a third down conversion gotten it? You spoke about it. They haven't turned the football over at all. And, you know, the, the, they've been run on. And what really troubles you in terms of, they were good defense, but a great defense. When you say a great defense, I guess great defense nowadays means something different than it meant a while ago. But a great defense gets stops when you need it. All of these last few games, every team that needed to get that last drive going to beat the Jets did so. It is what it is, man. Maybe not so much in the Minnesota game, but I hear what you're saying, Buddha, and I thank you for the phone call. Minnesota, though, the Jets basically pitched a shutout the entire second half of that game except for one drive. Minnesota got one drive. That's all. In the entire second half, and it was early in the fourth quarter, they took the ball down the field. That was the Jefferson touchdown. And in turn, that ended up winning them the game. They did a lot of damage in the first half, of course, but after halftime, they only had one drive, but that's all they needed. That's all they needed. They got to start getting some turnovers on defense. There, there, there's no secret about that. I was out at the facility today, as a matter of fact. Had to go out there today because the schedule is all wacky because of the Thursday night game. So had to move everything up. But I talked to a couple of guys. You know, I, I, I talked to DJ Reed, and, and you'll hear that interview in the pregame show coming up on Thursday. And we talked about the turnovers and the, and the need to be a little bit more larcenous 
when it comes to shortening the field for your offense, putting them in better positions. And, you know, they preach that. It's not something you can necessarily teach. I mean, you can work on it in practice, but it's it, it's got to happen. I mean, think about how many times this year, forget about interceptions, you know, where, you know, a ball was kind of just like deflected in the, in the air and it just kind of like got away from a jet who was maybe going to pick it off. But how many balls were just lying on the ground? You know, it seemed like that a jet was in the best position to recover a fumble and they couldn't land on top of it. It's it's just it's one of those weird things. It really is. Jose's in Patterson. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, how you doing? Hey, Dan. How are you, brother? Jose, what's going on? Good, brother. Um, happy holidays to you and yours. I called you the other day when you broke the news and you were filling in. And I remember I told you I had to pull over and call you right away. Yes. Because of the Zach Wilson rant. And so I'm not even going to put you through that right now. You know how I feel, and most people feel the same way. Hey, Jose, but let me I'm say this before you, and I'll let you continue. And, I, and I'm going to say this to everybody out there who's a Jet fan, and they may not have a lot of confidence in Zach Wilson and this and that. Here's what I'm going to tell you, okay, to try to, to try to brighten up your holiday spirit and your mood. Because, look, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a happy time of year, and I know that you're emotionally invested in your team, as you should be. But I'm going to say this. If you want to have a happy holiday and try to make it as less stressful as possible, if you want the Jets to win and you want the Jets to succeed and you want to see them get to the playoffs, I hate to break the news to you. You've got to get behind Zach Wilson because <laughs> there, I, I'm just saying because there's a better than good chance he's the dude again on Thursday night and you got to win Thursday night. So you're, 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 you better you're, get you're, behind him and support the team. That's all I'm saying. You're right. You're right about that. He probably is going to be out on the field. My support, oh, man, he lost that a while ago. I'm sorry. But when it comes to a point that uh, Don had said on the earlier show, he mentioned, he said, if Mike White was at quarterback, would the outcome have been the same? He says, you know, it might have been. I don't think so. I think that I, I don't understand where he even gets that from. When Mike White played against the Chicago, they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. He carved them up. Then Mike White had to play two back-to-back teams that are – like they, they look like they could be in the Super Bowl. Vikings look that good. Buffalo definitely looks that good. And he still put up numbers against them. If he would have played against this Detroit team, who is also not a good defensive team at all, they're bottom of the barrel with the Bears, I think the same thing happens. I think he comes in, he carves them up, he has great numbers, especially if he was healthy. This kid comes in, Zach, and he just shows you how bad he is when he goes against one of the worst defenses in the NFL and he barely can do anything. He's sidearming, like you said. He thinks he's out there like Mahomes. I don't know what's going on in his mind. He's scrambling around. He's doing everything he wasn't supposed to be doing all over again. I couldn't understand it. I was like, please, God, where's Strutter, Strutfield, whatever his name is, the third thing, I would rather have seen him in that game than see Zach in that game. I don't understand. I know they have to put him out there because they put the money in the investment with the pick, but this guy, he's gone. Let's pray that those ribs heal up well by Thursday, and if not, I'll tell you right now, they're going to have to win the same day they were the same way they were winning when Zach was starting. In spite of him, it's going to be the defense. Quinning coming back healthy, God hoping, and he has a, a monster game. Mosey has a monster game. That's what it's going to come down to in special teams. It's not going to come down to Zach. I don't think he's going to win a shootout if that's the, what, what you're aiming at, Jose. And I thank you for the phone call. Here's the other thing about Thursday. There's also going to be another element to this game. 
namely the elements, it's going to freaking pour on Thursday night. I know the weather people get things wrong all the time, but, I mean, this one they're pretty much locking down. It's going to be a typhoon on Thursday. I mean, they're talking about like two inches of rain. It's going to rain for like two days. This was supposed to be, this time last week, they were forecasting this to be snow. They were saying there was going to be like three to five inches of snow on Thursday night, which would have been awesome. But I guess the the jet stream or whatever the hell it is shifted a certain way. So now you're going to get the warm air instead of the cold air. So we're just going to be engulfed with rain. To my knowledge, I can't think of Zach Wilson yet playing in a rain game since he's been with the Jets in the last couple of years. I don't think he's played a game in the rain. Mike White played that game in the rain against the Chicago Bears. He handled it great. That could be another challenge for the quarterback coming up on Thursday. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. More your calls, then we'll turn it over to the Islanders and the Avalanche coming up at 830. Dan Grasso Show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Scheduling, programming, update, whatever you want to call it. You and I will uh, get together again. Let's see. When's the next time? It'll be Thursday uh, for Jet pregame at 6 o'clock. So that'll be the next time you hear from me because we've got games and stuff the next couple of nights. And then on Friday... Day after Jets Jaguars, I will be holding down the fort for the Michael K show solo from three to seven. So we will recap Jets Jags. We'll look ahead to Giants Vikings. We'll set you up for your big week 16 edition of the NFL this weekend where the games certainly have great importance. So we're looking forward to that Thursday Jets Friday K show and then happy Christmas, as they say. Let's say hi to Tony in the car. He is up next here on 98.7. Tone, how we doing? What's going on, my friend? Just want to talk about, I am not a Jet fan at all. I'm a Giants fan. But I was rooting for the Jets yesterday because I wanted to get Detroit out the way. Everybody getting on poor Zach Wilson. Um, and he missed a couple of throws. But did he not throw for 300 yards? They'd have won that game. They'd have been talking about 
how Zach Wilson returned, everything was lovely. Jet fans are spoiled rotten. They ain't had nothing in so long. They don't know how to act. Leave poor Zach Wilson alone. I know the boy came out and said some wrong things. He's young, all right? And I know you guys trying to get to the playoffs. I get it. The fourth and one play is what did them in. Zach didn't throw an interception to get them, uh, get, get cost them the game. What he did was he threw for 300 yards. He was in there. He was nervous because Tony, once he threw again, an interception. He was, Tony, he, he threw an interception. Okay, he threw, and, th- and thank you for the phone but, call. But, he threw an interception, which led to a field goal, which think about the final outcome of the game. It was three points, <laughs> you know. And you could say that that, you know, sometimes, sometimes stats and yardage and all that stuff are kind of meaningless, especially when a quarter, like if a team is down, let's say, you know, in, in the third quarter, a team is down by, you know, 24. And then he just goes back and passes constantly and chucks the ball up all over the field because the other team is trading yards for the clock, you know, and he kind of, we call it padding their stats. Those are like empty yards. You know, they, as an offense, they left a lot of plays out on the field yesterday. They should have had more than 17 points against that defense, a defense which isn't even that good. Uh, let's say hi to Chris and Beth Page up next here on 9870 ESPN. Christopher, how are you? Hey, Dan, good. Um, I'm a big Giants fan, as the previous caller is, but I was actually, you know, once again watching the Jet game because we all wanted the Jets to win, to beat the Lions and help sure. us out. And I'll say this. <clears throat> Who, I can't believe Jet fans are complaining about the defense. I mean, they gave up one touchdown against a team that scored 33 points average in the last four or five games. I think they did a great job shutting down that team for the most part. And it's true. That fourth and one play killed them. Fourth and one yard. By the way, that was a brilliant call. I rewound that a couple times. That was a tremendous call. They sent everybody one way. They dragged the guy who nobody was expecting to get the ball the other way. It was a blown assignment by number 57. And um, anyhow, what I'm saying is – I don't know if uh, CJ was the fan, one who, who whiffed on that play. I don't know. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that one. There, there's a couple of culprits. But, the, but you're right. It was good play design, and it worked to a T. That's the bottom line. Right, right. And like I said, I want to get to my giant point, but I will say this is – Jet fans are a bit spoiled if they're blaming the defense for that loss because they gave up one touchdown. The other one was given up by the special teams. And, uh, by the way, Zach Wilson made a great play towards the end of the game on that pass that set them up for the 58-yard field goal. Granted, it was missed. But I'm just saying is Zach Wilson and the defense, I don't think, were the main problem. All three problem phases responsible, Chris. All three phases had a hand in losing that game right. yesterday. Real quick, no get doubt. to your giant point because I have about All right, I'll get seconds. to the Giants point. Listen, big Giant fan, and enough's enough. Daniel Jones is the guy. I watched, you know, enough's enough. Sign him to a, a long-term contract, whatever they have to do, because believe me, if they let the guy go, someone is going to pick the guy up and sign him for four years, $30 million a year. So I'm just saying enough's enough about the complaints about Daniel, Daniel Jones. I mean, Chris, the guy the call. is I, I, I got to run, and I, I, I agree with you. I don't think Daniel Jones is going anywhere. And I'm anxious to see what Daniel Jones could do with some better personnel around him. And I think you're going to get that opportunity to see that next year in 2023.